Trust me, this game's gonna be awesome. It's the world. It's an MMO. You got your visor on? Yeah, I got it. Okay, cool. So I gotta do it and see the HUD. It's really nice and really crisp and really clear. So alright, now all I gotta do is find the .exe to play the game. Alright, so here's the main file. Alright, uh, read me. Let's see, you'll probably list it here. Warning, this contains... Yes, uh, alright, alright, let me close the window. Alright, so let's see now. Uh, what's that there? Uh, adult language wave. Uh, probably an audio file. Yeah. Uh, maturesituations.cfg? Yeah, uh, just some config, screw it. Ah, uh, screw it. Dragons.jpg? That's an enemy image, that, uh, that's probably yeah, used for later. Alright. Mysteriousgirlsinwhite.avi, video file. I don't know what that is, but we're gonna watch that later. Okay, no problem, we'll watch it later. Uh, legendaryswords.ini? Huh? Hmm. Uh, who knows. Okay, data drain bracelet.bat? Huh. Weird. Yeah. Enigmaticcrest.svg? Huh. Kinda cool, another image file, but that's a little more advanced. Maybe something cool for later on. Maybe that's an item you get or something. Who knows? Alright. Uh, wavemasters.av? Uh. Uh. RPGs.backup? Uh, who knows? Okay, uh, here it is. I think this is. It's uh, only EXE. Listener discretion is advised. Okay, let's click on. Alright. What's that command prompt that it brought up? Data drain and. Zon. What's going on? Episode 98, Zahn's been data drained. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Spike and Mong Review. I'm your host, Zahn. What the hell? I thought you've been data drained. I'm alright. Nothing can stop me except candy. Well, what about that one time in Albany when you, uh... We said we weren't going to talk about that. I'm going to have to edit that out now. Alright, alright, fine. But what about that one time... And then... And the two strippers came in. But what was really fucked up about the situation was when the... N never mind, never mind. So, either way, introduce yourself, because they might not remember you. Yeah, well, uh, my name's Kyle. I was on the previous episode. Yes, he's come back for another episode. So, this is a record. Well, not a record, because Bell Chan always comes on, and if you remember, way back in episode 1 through 13, I had a regular co-host, where yeah. she has disappeared, and we don't know what happened to her. Yeah, I think she fell in a sinkhole. <laughs> sinkhole? <laughs> her and Wolf went, Aah! Oh, man, I hope they're all right. Yeah, well, who knows? Either way, for those of you who don't know, can decide that provides information and reviews about manga. What happens is every episode we are dedicated to provide enough information so that you can make the decisions to read good manga and not read crappy manga that you find in a bookstore like the Twilight manga, or better yet. Oh god, there's a Twilight manga? Yes, there is. Or oh. worse, 
boy love manga. <laughs> oh, God. Yes, I know I've just alienated most of my female fans, because like, You're a bastard! You hate boy love! But I'm a guy. I have to hate boy love. It's gay. Uh. The only friend of mine who I know who would like boy love, who is male, is gay. <laughs> yeah, well, that makes sense. And he doesn't even like it. He only liked one of them, and it was technically a shonen eye. The rest of it, that's like softcore, you know. Right, okay. It's not hardcore. Anyway. If you want to hear more about that, go back all the way back to episode 2, I think, was when we explained all the different types of manga and the different catchphrases. Or you can look on the website, http colon slash slash com for any comments, notes, or our random question of the day, if you look on all the show notes. Every episode we have a random question, including last week's, if you could name all 40 Robot Masters. It's tough. Without cheating. Well, how would you know if they cheated? It's more of, we don't care if you answer us or not. It's just kind of a question for oh, you okay, guys, right. the listeners. So it's a, it's, a, it's a personal challenge. There's no no prize. Oh, uh, well, we had one originally because I asked what aglets are, and only one person got it. What are they? They're yeah. mysterious and sinister in nature. Oh, okay. So, either way, for those of you who remember from the last episode of the Spyrokin Manga Review, episode 97, this is Video Game Month. Yes. Video sort games. of. Because of the fact that we opened up with the April Fool's episode, there's only going to be three episodes that are going to be the video game month. Last week, this week, and next week. The reason why is this is episode 98. So, what happened soon? 99, and then? Episode 100. And that's where I'm going to need you guys to email me at sparkin at gmail.com on comments, concerns, voicemails, voice files, whatever you want to send me. Send me something for what you think episode 100 should be. I mean, I have an idea. You got something planned? I got a little bit of something planned, but I need something a little bit more concrete, more interesting, or leave your comments about what you've thought about the last 99 episodes. If you liked them, hated them, if you thought that you hated someone like, say, Baz, or you loved someone like, say, Baz. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, with the interesting love-hate relationship, or if you've thought about some of the things like background music, or, dare I say, the topic of some of the different episodes like Bombos. Oh, God. Or, worse yet, Worst. Or better than that, the Cutie Honey episode, or the Sailor Moon episode, or the Watchmen episode. Oh, God. That was an infamous one. Or the very special episode 69, which we think we completely went off topic and went completely crazy. And, well, either way, we're getting way off topic. So, since this is a video game episode, we are reviewing some video game-based manga, which, nine times out of ten, they're not that good. But... We might have gotten something different. We'll talk about that in a minute. But before that, I'd like to remind you that I am on the FightBait.com podcast as the co-host for John Paul. That's kind of cool and fun. I love doing that. And also, I will be at the Sakura Matsui in Brooklyn Temple Gardens on May 1st. be kind of cool. You can check me out meet me there. And, well, I think that's it. Uh, so, now that that's off, I think we've digressed enough. Don't yeah, you agree? Well. So, by the way, if you remember from the last episode of the Spyrokin Manga Review, we spun... The Wheels manga. And it dictated unto us that we'd be reviewing a very interesting group of series because they're both role-playing games. Yeah. Specifically new role-playing games. Well, relatively new. They're not like old, like Ultima or Final Fantasy, which we could have done many doujinshis upon. I could have put them on the Wheel of Manga list, but I don't want to show Cal all of the horrificness that there is there. I don't think he needs to read about... You want me to come back, right? Yes. I I mean, I I could have shown it to Baz, but Baz would have actually been like, this is actually really funny. Baz would have been... No, his wife would have been like, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> no, the person who I think would borrow it is JT. Oh, God, yes. It'd be Sephiroth in Red 13, be like, oh. I need to borrow this for 10 minutes. Okay. JT, put it down. Please put it in my bunk. <laughs> <laughs> JT's, oh boy. Have you ever seen how creepy his room is? You know, I, I, he actually told me that he, uh, he redesigned his room a little bit. I saw the pictures. 
It's on his Facebook. Oh, okay. It was pretty good. He yeah. did a good job. Also, you hear about what he got? He got his grades. He actually sent a picture of them. Really? To prove it? Did he do well? 3.8. That's a good... That's for his GPA? Wow. For JT, that's really good. Wow. This is a guy who failed out of a community college, by the way. Yeah. He He's one of our friends who... He's a good guy. Don't get me wrong. His heart's in the right place. But his head's up his ass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's putting it lightly, guys. <laughs> yes. Eventually, he might be a co-host. Yeah. He probably won't hear this episode. Because well, he never yeah. listens anyway. Yeah, let's let's just not tell him that we did this. So, either way. So, we spun the Wheel of Manga. And Dick Tannis for reviewing two RPGs. And not real RPGs, like role-playing games like Warhammer or D&D. Which, ironically, I do play. Oh, well, I've played D&D, I have to admit. I'll admit it. It's not bad. It's, it's just... If you have a good game master or a DM, it's awesome. If you have yeah. a crappy DM like certain drug addict people who live at their friend's house for 10 years, <laughs> then it sucks. Yeah, I've never I've never played uh, D&D with him as the dungeon master. It sucked. It uh, was really bad. Also, he, there's oh, a fallout no, tabletop. Wow. Yeah, she could play as a that. super mutant. Huh, okay. <laughs> but, so we spun the wheel. I'm going to dictate that we're going to be reviewing two different RPGs to get to the point. Right. Now, you spun the wheel of manga, and you'd be reviewing... Fire Emblem. And I spun the Wheel of Manga, and it said I'm going to be reviewing Dot .hack variant, 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 or XXXX. One more than porn, <laughs> of course. And since you went last week, I decided I'll go ahead first. You'll go first this week, okay. So that'll be a little bit easier on you, and you can get your notes together. Yes. Now, for those of you who don't know, Dot .hack XXXX or Dot .hack X4th, or as we'll call it from now on, Dot .hack Copy, is written by Hiroshi Matsuyama and illustrated by Megami Kukuya. It was published by Kodakawa Shoten originally, and over here it is a Tokyo Pop manga with two, count them, two volumes, and it's a shonen adventure comedy, fantasy, sci-fi, video game adaption thing, which, well, to be honest with you, is essentially a retelling of the dot .hack infection dot hack mutation dot hack outbreak dot hack quarantine game series which is the basic dot hack series now for those you don't know dot hack was a series that was this franchise which died came up with this brilliant idea we're going to create a series that is going to be released simultaneously across multiple mediums and all of them are going to connect but it's not going to be like you release a book adaption of a movie a cartoon adaption of a movie a tv show of a movie and they're all the exact same thing all of these different variations of the franchise all connected in one way or another. But they're all unique. Exactly, but they connect. And if you watch one and you watch another one, you'll see, hey, that was mentioned here, or so that's why that happened. Huh. Everything took place. Okay. And originally it was released was there was the PS2 game, which was the Dot Hack series, which was Project Dot Hack, which was the original Dot Hack Infection, Mutation, Outbreak, and Quarantine which was the video game that was on the PS2. Very cool RPG, I beat that. That was actually the first game I got on my PS2. Oh, okay. I hadn't bought a PS2 before that, but then I saw Dot Hack and I was like, I have to get this. Then I bought Kingdom Hearts, which is also equally awesome RPG series, but we're not gonna get into Kingdom Hearts. And what happened was from there, you had the TV series, which was Dot Hack Sign, which takes place before the series, which is kind of a prelude to what, what was going on in the game universe. Right. Then there was the OVAs which came with the games themselves, which are, for those of you who don't know, an OVA is an original video animation. As opposed to having a TV series, some companies say, we want to release an anime, but we want it to be really good quality, like theater quality, but we'll have it straight to video. That's an OVA. It's essentially straight to video anime. Right. Okay. And this takes place in the real world, so whatever's happening in the online world, that's the game. The OVAs are what are happening in the real world. 
So okay. no, you see some of the characters who were introduced actually represent some of the characters who were in game. Then there's the series which is the Twilight Bracelet, which takes place afterwards, and there's the sequel series Dot Hack U, which is another PS2 game. But I'm getting you completely confused. Essentially, Dot Hack, the universe itself, is brilliant. I love it. I think it's a brilliant concept, and it takes place within this fictional MMO RPG called The World. And it was created by this fictitious company called CyberConnect Corporation, also known as CC Corp. And what happens is that different players will interact with the world using these virtual reality headsets called FMDs, these face-mounted displays, and a gamepad. They're connected to the computer with a visor, and they have like a PS2 remote. And what happens is that you're able to interact with the entire world, you know, you see all this stuff, you can highlight things, but you're seeing in first person. And the creator of this game is this German programmer called Harold Herowick, who created this first version of the game called Fragment to help his, well, he had this weird obsession with this artist who the entire game is based off of this poet, and he kind of went a little crazy. <laughs> Suffice to say, stuff happened, and so it turned into the world. And now, the world essentially is this group of servers that are distributed around the world just like a real MMO and when you log in you show up in the server you type in this thing in a chaos gate you type in the string of code which is the level you go to and it'll say okay you've went to a level one dungeon so on and so forth and you go there you fight monsters you level up you gain stuff like most RPGs okay and the cool thing is that the dot hack franchise it takes place you're playing as a character playing the RPG so you actually log out and you deal with emails from other characters. And you deal with all these other messages and things, and you see what's going on in the real world as well. Right. So let me get into the premise of what .hackxx is about. .hackxx is a retelling of the actual .hack, like I said, the first series. To copy, it's a copy of the original series with some twists and turns. But seriously, you may get a little confused by this, don't worry about it, just pay attention, you know? It'll make sense, believe me. Now, for those who don't know, the .hack series, is about our main character, Kite. Now, Kite is a kid who just got into the world because his best friend, Yazuhiko, said, hey, you want to come over? We'll play, you know, we can play online. Here's the system you can play. We'll be friends. We'll be awesome. We'll have our guild and all this stuff. And so, main character goes online, creates his character. My character's name is Kite, and he sees his best friend, Yazuhiko, who in the world is known as Orca of the Azure Sea. And he is, like, the man. He is, like, number one gamer in the entire world. He is the man, he's the best that there is. And so you have newbie and ultra gamer. And they're going to a level one dungeon. What should happen in a level one dungeon? Well, the ultra gamer should pretty much be able to walk through that. Exactly. He's just saying, you're going to work and walk through, I'll teach you the ways and what to do. And Kite is like, sure, no problem. From here on, we're going to pretty much call main character Kite. Okay. So Kite is walking with Orca. And Orca comments that the area is kind of dead. He's like, what's going on? This is a level one dungeon, yet there's no one here. No monsters, nothing. And as he's looking around, suddenly this girl appears in an ethereal white dress, looking very elegant with long white hair and very childish looking. And as she looks at them, she smiles and says, Greetings, I am Aura, the descendant of Fiona, Orca of the Azor Seas. I give you the power of the bracelet. And she proceeds to hand Orca this weird bracelet. And she's like, The power of the bracelet can destroy or save as one with the user's feelings. You can do this. Please. And as she's saying this, Orca's like, what the hell is this? And then suddenly, this creature appears. Orca's like, whoa, I've never seen a creature like this in a level one dungeon before. This should be fun. 
And as he goes to fight him, he's getting his ass kicked in. Kite's like, I can help. I got all these things, these potions and things. And he notice something's wrong with this creature. It looks really scary. For those of you who've seen Evangelion, imagine the third angel, Satchel. The first angel that Shinji actually interacted with, with a scythe and with a bunch of eyes drawn on its body. Very skeletal creature, skull for face, very creepy. And as he's fighting, suddenly the creature does this weird thing with its sight, and this weird circle appears and zaps Yahoo, or Orca, and it starts to aim towards Kite, and Kite kind of disappears. He disappears, and there's this woman appears. Kite's unconscious, and he's like, uh, Well, you're welcome for saving you. This is getting interesting. So, Kite wakes up. He's done. He's logged off, essentially. He logged off. He's like, oh, well, that was kind of weird. Maybe the server went down. Well, tomorrow I can talk to Yazuhiko. We can have fun. I, Mom got me this new ball, and everything's going to be all good and all happy and all great. <laughs> so, next day, Kite goes to visit his friend, because his friend didn't show up at school. Yazuhiko's in a coma. Uh-oh. And around the world, these comas have been happening all the people who've been playing the game. Something's mm. going on. So... Kite decides, I'm going to go into the world and figure out what the fuck's going on. I'm going to save the day. Well, it kind of makes sense for most stereotypical anime and manga characters because he doesn't wait for the proper authorities to do it or the adults because they're not getting anything done. I mean, things are getting worse, right? So, either way, he ends up logging back in the world, notices there's something up with his character data, he sees a weird email with some jumbly on it, just a bunch of random characters, and it's like, oh, well. And so he goes to look for a party because he knows he's not going to be able to do it alone, and as he's looking around bumps into something. He's like, whoop. He looks, and it's this girl as well, kind of hot, who's very small, and she has a huge fucking sword. Now imagine a girl about the size of, I'm trying to think of a good small size, we could say, uh, bigger than Edward. I'd say Yuffie. Imagine the size of Yuffie with Guts sword from Berserk. It's a pretty big sword. And she uses it with one hand. And this is Black Rose, his best friend throughout the game, who's the person that you use the most. Well, I personally like using her a lot. In the manga, they kind of stray from that a little bit, but we'll get into that in a second. So he, he ends up working with her, trying to find out what's going on. And as they're pretty much adventuring and doing what most role players do, you know, going around killing monsters, leveling up, and exploring and finding out what the hell is going on in this world, following rumors. And they've hooked up with this girl named Minstrel, who is a... A wave master, pretty much a magic user, and they're just palling around. And they bump into this weirdo who's looking at them and is like, Hey, who are you? You look oddly familiar. Wait, why do you have Aura's bracelet on? He's like, what What the, what the fuck is that? And then suddenly they end up in a cathedral and they're like, How the fuck did we get here? And Mistral walks away going, I'm going to find some pretty treasure now. See you later. And she goes exploring and Black Rose and Kite are just looking around. They notice this huge statue in the center of the cathedral, which is of Aura. And she's wrapped in chains. And Kite's like, wait, isn't that the... And then suddenly they hear a door open. Turn around, and there's this guy with wings who says, What are you doing? This is Balmunk of the Azure Skies, who is Yazahiko's partner in the game. Is Orca's partner and wondering what the fuck happened to Orca. He thinks Kite had something to do with it. As they're fighting, Balmung keeps saying, You're the one who rendered Orca unconscious, aren't you? And Kite is just defending himself, saying, No, 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 that's not true. Orca's my friend. I didn't... Balmung slashes at his arm, and he points at his wrist, like, Then what's that on your wrist? He's like, What's that illegal program? He's like, What are you doing? This is not... I wasn't the one who... He's like, This is an e program that you're not supposed to use, and that's what's causing problems. As you can guess, Balmung is a system admin. 
getting off topic. So as they're fighting, he looks at Black Rose and says, well, you should leave him alone if you don't want to be affected by this illegal program anyway. And as they're fighting, suddenly Balmunk hears, and he's like, you, you said your name was Kite. Listen up, never set foot into the world again. If I see you again, I'll deliver punishment in the name of Fiona's descendants. And it kind of messes up Kite's head a little bit because he's like wondering, am I really the one who, it wasn't my fault, I didn't know where this bracelet came from. And this causes problems later on. Because the bracelet does have the ability to do that thing, the data drain, which the monster did earlier, but getting off topic. Now you have the system admins trying to stop Kite. Because they've noticed that every time that Kite uses the bracelet, because he can use it on command against other enemies, as he's using it, the world is getting more fucked up, and it's all because of the fact that it does this thing, well, this weird uh, uh, program called Data Drain, which essentially reconfigures data and makes it smaller and more, well, it messes around with the data. And if it's an NPC, it's going to turn them into, well, a smaller creature. For example, you're fighting a level 50 creature. You mm -hmm. use Data Drain on it. It turns into a level 2 creature. Okay, so is it like an attack you can use? It's an attack that you okay. can use, Kite uses. But what happens is that as he's using it, what he doesn't realize is that he's messing with the world. What's happening in the world is affecting the real world too. But also every time he's using it, he's actually fucking himself up more because he's actually being infected. So it's kind of making him sick and it's actually affecting him physically in the real world as well as in the world online. Okay, uh, there you go. There's and, the catch. And he's discovered that as he's going along that there's these these beings which are affecting the, the world and the human world and he has to fight them, so on and so forth. Typical, there's an evil enemy and he has to fight the enemy to defeat them. Right. And both of these are exactly the same in dot .hack and dot, dot .hack infection dot .hack or X4th. So what happens is that this is where it diverges. They introduce a character who is named Kubia. This is the character we saw earlier who blasted him into the cathedral and he looks kind of like Kite, except he's wearing all black and he has the two blades. And it's a little weird, but he's kind of a copy almost, but not really. I know, a little hard to figure out. But anyway, who is helping out Kite and who's teaching him and being his best friend, this and that. And he's helping him fight the bad guys. And he also has the ability of Data Drain. Now, if you played Dot Hack Infection, you know who Kubia is. Now, spoilers, because it is technically over 10 years. I can get away with this. Kubia is actually a big bad who is connected to the bracelet which is connected to Kite's arm and he wants Kite to use it more because they're connected him and the bracelet are connected he's going to absorb the bracelet once all the bad guys are destroyed all this stuff happens now I know a lot of you are very confused and like what the fuck I've lost interest or I don't know what's going on I'm completely confused but I'm still listening it's a very interesting story but the manga is kind of well I felt it went way too left field because there's a lot of little things that they change like there's a lot of NPCs you meet or other player characters you meet PCs you meet which makes the game more intriguing and more fun and their stories are interwoven with it to make a bigger story for example there are these two characters who are called Maya and Elk and Maya she's a PC when you meet her that looks like a bunny there's no other person who looks like that in the entire world but she looks like a bunny, and she's able to see the bracelet, which no one else can see. And I know I said Kubia could see him, but he's not a PC, so... whatever. It's like, that's a pretty cool bracelet on your arm. Where'd you get it? And he's like, you can see the bracelet? Yeah, I can see the bracelet. It's like, even if you can't see it, you know it's there, that's the main thing. And Elk is her friend. He's a very shy, very quiet person who likes Maya a lot. 
he's always like, Maya, you want to go get aromatic grass? Because she likes aromatic grass, because apparently she can smell in the world, which is a little unusual. And there's this whole story where something happens to Maya and she disappears, Mia, and she disappears and Elk is trying to find her. They kind of just throw that out the window and just combine like three pages to kind of explain the entire interaction when you have this whole thing going on with them, which develops their characters. It kind of throws it in there. That's one example. Another example is that the lady who saved Kite, Helba, they don't even go into her character at all. And she's a really big character in the entire Dot Hack universe. She is the queen hacker of all of the world. If you need something hacked, she's able to do it. You even see her in the real world in the OVA series. Helba is, well, the go-to person that all the admins hate because she does everything possible. And at one point, she creates her own server, which is awesome. And they kind of really glaze over her. They don't even make her really enigmatic, but they just kind of throw her in there and here you go. They don't do much else with it, which really blows because she's such a good character. Besides that, they also do this thing which kind of pisses me off where they throw in this one character as the third party member because, you know, most games have three party members. Right. This character, Mistral. They don't even explain anything about her. They just say, okay, she's part of the fighting group and then Balmonk joins them to help them fight the bad guys. And then Kubia shows up and the girls are forgotten. They don't even explain who this character is. They just say, okay, she's there. For no reason, she's there. And they don't go in the fact that Mistral is a character. She's very happy and lucky and, you know, typical, I like things and I want to find treasure and blah, 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 blah. And she's very out there. And But the fact is her PC, her actual player, uh -huh. is a pregnant woman. And she constantly talks about how she's, oh, the baby's kicking and this and that. And they oh. get rid of that. So it's they took the basic concept, threw out all the good stuff, and threw in this other story, which is kind of creepy with Kubia being Kite's best friend and doesn't want anyone near him because he wants to do things to Kite and then they kind of rush the ending and get rid of all the cool shit eh. that happens. I don't know. I mean they keep some of the parts like they keep the fact that the server crashes and how you have the system admin is trying to delete Kite all the time until you realize I can't delete Kite. I can't get rid of him. I guess he has to work for me. Eh. Art style is pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. Art style was cool. The character design I like the character design of the series. That was one of its saving graces, I'm not gonna lie. I liked a lot of the little facts that they did not keep some of the main characters, though I will say this, because there's this one character who I despise in the game. He is an, a PC that you get as a party member who, they say, oh, here's my party number so you can call me and have me do stuff. After the main mission of where you had to use him, I never used him again. <laughs> I hated him. He's a character whose name is Kuros III, and he calls you Ye of Blue Eyes. <laughs> and he's like, ye have blue eyes. I would like thee to go on a treasure hunt with me. Sounds really annoying. Yeah, I hated him. I was like, fuck you. Mm. The character I liked was this character called Moonstone. who's like a badass. Oh, I didn't even go into that aspect of the different classes in this. Because most RPGs have basic classes. You have barbarian, monk, fighter, this, ninja, yeah. mage. This has completely unique classes, which are pretty cool. First class we're gonna go with is Kite's class, which is a twin blade. Essentially a jack of all trades in the game. They're able to use magic, they're able to use weapons, they can't use the strongest stuff. They can't use the bigger armors, the better weapons, but what they can use are their twin blades and the fact that they have a decent attack rate and decent magic stats. Now the best thing about them is the fact that they can do a lot of combos, which gives them a lot of hits on an enemy that they can't counterattack. Then you have characters like Black Rose who are heavy blades. These guys are among the three strongest classes, but they have the biggest, strongest armors, 
and they are really really strong but the problem is that they have no attack speed whatsoever so they're slow as shit slow yeah they can't do magic they just slice things right so they're very easy to dodge but if they connect you're pretty much fucked then you have wave masters wave masters are the magicians okay they're very weak physically but they can do shitload of damage typical mage Yep, typical mage. Then you have the uh, blade master, who's similar to a heavy blade that they can do a lot of damage, but the difference is that these guys can level up insanely high, so they can do the most amount of damage with their little shit sword as opposed to a heavy blade. They got an average amount of speed, and well, they're well, they just attack, 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 attack. But they're a little more versatile than a heavy blade, because a heavy blade just Hassan chop. Well-rounded. Yes. Well-rounded. Yes. Next class I don't like as much as any of the other ones, but they do have their uses, and that's the long arms. These guys use pole arms to attack people really fast. They're almost as fast as twin blades, but they don't have as much versatility as the twin blades, because the twin blades can use magic and all this stuff, while the long arms, they can just attack from a distance, and they can do a lot of damage. Not as much as the heavy blades, but just enough. After that, we have the final group, which is the heavy axes. Which is essentially a heavy blade, but they use an axe instead. Oh. That's pretty much it. And I could go on about the game and the manga, but the manga was, I felt it was lacking. Okay. I've read many manga. Many manga. And I've enjoyed a lot of them. This one, I didn't hate it. I'm not going to lie. I didn't hate it, but I didn't like it either. I thought it was interesting how they had some of the aspects, like they explained more about Kubia and they made him a character who you could sympathize with, but the fact is, after having to kill him and him chasing me for four games, I was like, fuck this character, I don't want to know about him being happy and being all homoerotic with Kite or being the other half of Kite, like Roxas from S and Sora in Kingdom Hearts. I was like, I don't really want to know this, I just, I liked going back to that universe because I haven't been there in a while, so it gets that. It gets that for him, you know, I enjoyed that, but... Okay. Overall, I'd have to give Dot Hack X Fourth by Hiroshi Matsuyama a typical reading material at your local correction facility or psychiatric institute. It could have been better. It could have been a lot better. It wasn't, but it, the saving grace is its nostalgic purposes. If you've never played Dot Hack, you might like it. If you played Dot Hack, you're, it's a nice supplemental piece to it. Right. Just to add icing on the cake. Because the cake is good. But this just makes it a little bit better but without the cake. It's just icing, which is kind of meh. It's not good for you anyway. Yeah, it's not good and it doesn't taste that great. But yeah. it's better on the cake. With the cake, it makes it better without the cake. But it's a short series. It's only two volumes. Yeah, it's kind of meh. So, now let's get into something a little more old school and not as strange and convoluted as The World and Dot Hack. Yeah. Definitely sounds very... Yeah, yours is a little bit easier, and most people who played Smash Brothers know about the universe, I think. Yeah, uh, typically, uh, well, if you've played those games, the Smash Brothers games, you're definitely familiar with a couple of the characters, but not the ones that are in this manga. So, I'm going to be reviewing Fire Emblem, Hasha no Tsurugi, and the author is Hiroshi Izawa, the artist is Kotaru Yomata, and the publisher is Shuisha. It's a Shonen Jump, right? Yeah, that's correct. Ah, so it's up there with Dragon Ball and with Hajime no Ippo. So there's 11 volumes, it's completed. It's not coming to America, though. Of course, most of these... I'm surprised that the Zelda ones came out over here. Most of the game ones don't come out over here. That hack I knew was because they release it all over and Tokyo Pop is big, but... Mm. Yeah, well, they don't think it's going to sell every year. Yeah, well, I mean, Zelda's popular enough, but... Eh. Well, Zelda and other... So, this particular story is a side story of one of the games. So, the game 
is Funin no Tsurugi, and that game's on the uh, Game Boy Advance, also, to my knowledge, not coming to America. And like all the Fire Emblem games, tactical RPG. No! Tactical RPGs! Uh, no. Very, very strategic. No, they're not that bad. Ah, oh, Final Tactics. Well, I'm not gonna get into that because people hate me. Ah, ah, right, right, right. Oh, well, okay. So, I'll just get into it. So basically, this manga starts out with you're kind of seeing the backstory of the manga. There was, at one point long ago, a war between the dragons and the humans. And the humans were getting decimated by the dragons because they're fucking dragons. And so, eventually, one human rose up and defeated all the dragons. And yeah, his, you know that's always going to happen. Yes, and his name was Ling Mao, right? <laughs> or was it the guy from uh, Dynasty Warriors? Lu Bu! Um, his name was Lu Kang. <laughs> yes. Alright, so he defeated the dragons, and after doing that, he created something called the Crest of Flames. Now, they don't get into too many details what the Crest of Flames are, but basically all you really need to know is that it's some kind of ultra power, and um, when disaster should fall again, the Crest of Flames can be used to, you know, save the world. And, you know, a typical thing. There's always got to be one of those type of things. Yeah, generic super weapon which is needed to save things. Yeah, like exactly. The, like the fifth element. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, hopefully... The Crest of Flames isn't exactly what the, the fifth element is. Oh, you don't know. You yeah. don't know. Yeah. Yes, the Crest of Flames. You have to make out with this chick for ten minutes and the Crest of Flames will fire. <laughs> it's not bad. Probably wouldn't translate well to manga, though. You never know. It's <laughs> manga. Yeah. So, I think it's one of the observations when I was reading this was, for any of you guys who's uh, played Wind Waker, that game starts out with a very kind of a stained glass montage of the story of Ocarina of Time, because Ocarina of Time is kind of the game for which Wind Waker is based. So basically, if you think, if you want to visualize something, think of that. So it's kind of told in a different art style from the rest of the manga, but, you know, basically giving the legend of this universe that sets the stage for what's going to happen. kind of nice touch. Yeah. So I like that part of it. After that little backstory, it opens up into a big battle sequence and you see this army that's storming a castle and actually the, the city is called Castletania. Is there a vampire there? I don't know. Probably, Maybe there is. Probably not. Sorry, I'll be good. <laughs> yeah. So you see these bunch of evil looking guys and it basically it tells you that the kingdom of Belon, which is, you know, kind of the central antagonist. Yeah. They're basically invading all the other kingdoms in the in the land and, you know, start a whole all out war with everybody. And so now they're getting around to invading Castletania. And the princess of Castletania, her name is Hime, is being escorted by her bodyguard or one of the knights. Um, his name is Gant. They're trying to escape. Gant is basically saying, Hire-sama, we need to get you out. We, I have a bunch of Pegasus riders for you to make your escape. So they're going to the, the stables where the Pegasus riders are. And, you know, they open the door and they see that all the Pegasus riders have been slaughtered. So, oh shit. That's kind of just bad planning on your part, dude. You're just yeah. like, yeah, this is the exit, this is the exit. Oh crap, you've been flooded from the- oh, That's not his fault. Uh, yeah, he's trying to protect her. He's, you know, I would probably envision that he's probably been, you know, fighting off a bunch of guys here and there. Well, he at least has, at least he has her name right, the Hime. The Hime is the princess in Japanese, for those who don't know, and he's yeah. just, he's like, okay, I don't know your name, Hime-sama, but we gotta go this way, and, oh fuck. Yeah. At least it didn't, at least not the guy was like, here you are. Here you are, bad guys. Here's the princess. I'm gonna run that way. <laughs> yeah, no, that definitely doesn't happen. The audience eventually is going to like Gans very much. So, anyway, the people who slaughtered all the Pegasus riders are basically looking at them, saying, "Ha ha ha, we got you now." And you know, he's he puts he puts uh, Hidesama behind him, and you know, basically, Hidesama, run away. I'll I'll hold them off. And 
you know, basically just about when you think that he's going to be all badass and, and save them, what appears right in front of his eyes is a big ass fucking dragon. Big ass dragon basically looks down at him and blows fire, you know, right in front of him, huge explosion, and that's the last thing you see of Hiresama and Gant. Don't know what happens to him. All of a sudden, next page, you're in the mountains somewhere. Okay, what's going on? Nice transition. Just, yeah. just completely. Cut to the mountains. Don't know what's going on. So all of a sudden, you see that there's this guy who's tempering a sword. What's so special about this sword? Who knows? I don't know. Well, so, it's it's a medieval anime. You have to have the old dude tempering. Remember in opening a berserk? But he's not Chink. that old. He's not that old. Oh, he's not berserk no. old? Okay. He's like middle-aged. Okay, that's not... So basically, he's tempering the sword, and a young boy is telling him... You know, it's my 15th birthday, I'm, I'm ready to leave, I want to leave, I, I want to travel the world, and, you know, I want to go, and, and he said, you know, son, it is your 15th birthday, and I promised I'd let you go, and here's your going away present, he gives him the sword. So basically, that's how we're introduced to the main character of the series, and his name is Al, and uh, so he's basically really, really excited, he says goodbye to his father, he runs off, he's running around, jumping through the mountains, and eventually he comes across a, a city, and, you know, he's been in the mountains all his life, and he said, says to himself, wow, this is what a city looks like, you know, look how big the buildings are, and, you know, I can't believe it, and, you know, he walks upon a, a street vendor selling apples, and, you know, he says, oh, wow, an apple, and he just picks one up and starts eating it, and then, you know, he gets into a conversation with the lady who's selling the apples, and she basically tells him about how business is tough, there's a lot of vendors have left this city, and this city is called Alta City, by the way. A lot of people have left because, you know, they're under the control of one of Belen's minions, who has basically, every time they take over a city, you know, he, he puts someone in, in place yeah, to, typical, you know, to run you, that. Yeah, because the leader can't be everywhere, so he has one of his lieutenants, right. or one of his lieutenants' lieutenants right. take over the city, and he sits there going, Send me some sort of tribute, and you can do whatever you want. Yeah, exactly. Typical what you'd expect there. So that guy's name who's running this little area, uh, Alta City, is Rahiten. So basically, she tells you, you know, basically what's going on. So she's uh, a, essentially a character who's there just for exposition. Just for exposition, yeah, exactly. So, you know, she tells him, and, and basically just in one other way of showing how unfamiliar Al is with these, uh, with this environment, the city life, you know, he just says, alright, thanks for the apple, and he walks away, and she basically grabs him by the shirt and says, you think you're going to go anywhere without paying for that apple? And he goes, what? I thought you, they were just there to eat. And she goes, oh, don't tell me you're flat broke, kid. And he goes, no, I have money. And he reaches into his wallet and he gives her a shiny gold nugget. And the look on her face is completely, she's just blown away that this kid just gave her a gold nugget for one apple. So he's a moron. He's not a moron. He just doesn't know what it's like to, you know, he's country, he's not country a, mouse in the, yeah, in the city. Yeah, he's he's not a city slicker. He's a country boy. You know, and now all of a sudden he's in the city. He should have got all the apples he wanted then. He's like, give me the apples. <laughs> so immediately after that, um, basically a platoon of soldiers start walking through the street, and um, the street vendor basically, you know, is telling Al. Those, that's the order of the Black Dragon Knights, you know, they're very dangerous, nobody crosses them, you know, typical, these guys are to be feared, right? So, all of a sudden, a little girl runs in front of the platoon, and she trips and falls on the floor. I mean, yes. Boot! Well, so, one of the order of the Black Dragon Knights bends down and helps her up, and actually hands her an apple off the floor and says, here you go, why don't you take this? You wouldn't expect that. One of these, one of these Order of the Black Dragon Knights would be so nice and, you know, 
we're, we're basically revealed that Gaunt from earlier in the story is now in order of the Black Dragon Knight. No idea why. Fucking but he's, coat. He doesn't look to be evil in any way. He's still a nice guy, but so he gave, he gives her the apple and you know basically sends her on her way. And then all of a sudden, in the background, you hear somebody you know screaming Gaunt, and he turns his back and there's Rihitan who's you know basically in the back of the the, the soldier platoon and says you know that little girl broke one of the rules. Nobody ever crosses in front of the Order of the Black Dragon Knights. That's disrespectful. And he basically says somebody, give me my bow and put her right in the center of the street. So basically this little girl who, you know, couldn't be more than four years old is about to get killed, you know, with an arrow. And all of a sudden the arrow gets shot, about to hit her, and Al dodges in and grabs her out of the way. And he basically screams at Rihita and says, no, what are you doing? This is the way you treat people. And you know, Rihiten can't fathom that this kid is being so disrespectful to him and, and say, basically says, Gaunt, you know, you have to seize him. And, you know, they, they, he basically do is able to dodge around Gant for a while, but sooner or later, Gant is able to knock him to his feet and basically grabs him. confiscates his sword that his father gave him. And he looks at the sword, something very unique about this sword. He sees a very, very weird symbol or emblem on the sword. And he says, this is strange. And then all of a sudden, it cuts to later. And basically, the, the soldiers are, you know, just kind of talking amongst themselves, and they said, you know, orders from the king, um, you know, we need to look for the crest of flames, and none of, none of the uh, soldiers even know what the hell it looks like, you know, how are we supposed to look for it, uh, we don't even know what it is, but they basically, all they need to know is basically exactly what the, what the reader knows, is that the crest of flames is very powerful, and that it can basically put an end to Belen's plans for total domination. And we can guess that Rahidin wants it because he wants to take over and be the boss himself. Yeah, probably. Yeah. It's, no. Actually, I don't know if Rahidin is wants it for himself or he's just following orders. I think he would because it seems like the character... Well, what type, What does he look like? Is he a fat guy? He's kind of an older um, older guy. Not necessarily fat, but not skinny either. He's, you know, he's kind of like... Ugly? Yeah. He's, he's that type of guy. Yeah. That's the thing. In manga, if it's an ugly overlord, he's a douche, and he wants power for himself, and he's going to end, end very badly for him. It's going to end very badly. Mm. So, basically, that all, it, all that's telling you is that the evil forces are also looking for the crest. So, that's basically the purpose of that little part. And then they go down into the dungeons where Al is um, locked up, and you see Gant is his, his guard. And... He's basically, Gant is looking at him and questioning him about the sword. Where'd you get this sword? You know, he's looking at the sword and, and Al's getting very angry. He said, you know, my father gave me that sword. You can't have it. You know, I'm taking it back. And But he's behind bars. Can't really do anything about it. And then he said, you know, why are you with those guys anyway? You're not like them. You're not a bad guy like them. And Gant looks at him and says, that's none of your business. And then he just walks out of the room. So in a very MacGyver-like scene, Al finds a little twig on the floor, and then he starts plucking out strands of his own hair and tying them together, and then ties it to the, <laughs> the little twig. This part, honestly, this part was kind of bullshit, but whatever. It's a manga. So and he's MacGyver. <laughs> so he makes this little, you know, what amounts to a, a fishing line and hook with out of a twig and his strands of his own hair, and he throws onto the table just outside the um, his dungeon cell, and you know, of course, Gaunt left the keys there. So of course. Yeah. So. He, he gets the keys with the thing, he unlocks himself, and he escapes. So he's running out throughout the castle trying to um, escape all the other guards that are in the area, and meanwhile, while that's going on, 
Gant is basically taking his sword and he's saying, I better show this to Rihiten. You know, this this looks like it could have something to do with the Crest of Flames. You know, I'm going to let him decide. And he's about to go into Rihiten's uh, quarters, chambers, when he overhears Rihiten inside talking to some of his other men. And he's basically saying, you know, Gant, what a fool. I can't believe he's such a softy. You know, he saved that girl. You know, what an idiot. He thinks that we're really going to give him his princess back. And then he basically, he, he bursts open the door. He says, what did you just say? This is Gant. He says, what did you just say? And he says, you fool. You think that you're going to get your princess back? We sent her, we sent her to, uh, to be executed a long time ago. We just wanted you to serve for us. And Gant is pissed off. Well, so, you just found out that he got screwed by the bad guys, which you should realize, because you never make a deal with the bad guys. Yeah, of course. You know, he bursts in, he sees that his princess has been sent sent for execution, and basically Rahitan says to all his other guards, you know, now you have to capture Gaunt, and basically Gaunt kicks all their asses, and, you know, the fight spills out into the courtyard, and Gaunt kicks all their asses, and he's about to go and move in and get Rahitan himself, but Rahitan has backup. And basically, this guy comes out of the shadows, is you know dressed in a dark cloak, and you know he ba Rahitan snaps his fingers. This guy says some kind of magic spell or whatever. Just mumbly jumbly. Yeah, and then that guy turns into a dragon, it's probably the same dragon from earlier. So all of a sudden, this dragon is once again face to face with Gaunt, and it's kind of like an oh shit moment because now he's probably gonna get killed. Just at that exact moment, you see Al is kind of on the roof of the castle, you know, just escaping because they actually call Al a monkey a lot in the series because, you know, he basically does a lot of jumping around and, you know, flipping his very athletic and acrobatic. That's a common thing for main characters who are weird like that. They all act like monkeys. Yeah. So he looks down and he sees this huge dragon about to kill Gaunt and, you know, he basically jumps down and he grabs just some any generic sword and he goes to attack the dragon and you know the sword pretty much just breaks against the dragon's scales and Rahitan you know taunts him saying you know do you really think some boy is gonna take on the dragon and then at that moment Gaunt looks at Al and he throws him his sword and says Al here and he, he takes his sword he pulls out his sword that he got from his father and he, he does this kind of desperate slash and he actually cuts off one of the dragon's talons just falls right to the floor, the dragon screams, and then he does this crazy jump into the air, he, huge jump, he's in he's in midair, and he, he falls down, he stabs the dragon right through the top of the head with his sword. Presumably he kills it, and then... A sword through the head, that would kill anything. Yeah, so basically, the dragon falls and crashes into the castle walls, destroying the walls, and Rahitan, who had been, you know, kind of on the terrace overlooking this, he falls... And, you know, you pretty much have no idea what happened to Rahitan at that point. So then um, Gaunt and Al escape, and they're basically talking to each other. And Al is asking Gaunt, you know, why did you know about this sword? And he, he says, the symbol on this sword, you know, is significant. It's basically, this is the symbol of the king who killed the dragons years ago. This is his sword. And he said, you know, my father has always been tempering this sword for as long as I can remember, just keeping it strong and keeping it sharp. I, I never knew why, and now he does. So basically, that's that's the end of the first chapter, and um, yeah, so you have a little bit of backstory into the history. You you know what this sword is all about, and you know pretty interesting stuff at play. At the end of the first chapter, Al basically says to Gaunt that I'm gonna go look for the Crest of Flames. I need to see what you know what this is. I need to you know I need to find it. And Gaunt you know kind of laughing like Ah, oh, you're gonna find it, and he goes Ah, wait for me. 
So they set off on this quest together and you know the second chapter is about them going to look for the princess because yes the princess was sent for execution but you never know if she's actually been executed or at least Gaunt and Al don't know. So the second chapter is all about them going over to, to find her and you know save her if she's still alive. And, now, I'm not going to spoil the rest but one thing that I thought was kind of funny was uh, the end of the first chapter you basically see like a, a stat card for Al. <laughs> it even says level 1, Al, hit points, X, and like strength, all these different stats. And so it's just kind of funny, I thought. The, the end of chapter 2 has one for Gaunt. I thought that was a nice that's, touch. It has the character and has the information, right? Yeah. That's yeah. kind of cool. So it's going to do all the characters eventually. Maybe it'll have them level up. Yeah, that would be that, that's pretty cool, I thought. Sounds like you enjoyed it. Yeah, I did. So, yeah, I, so one of the things that I have to kind of disclose is. I'm not really familiar with the Fire Emblem games at all, so this was completely, for me, this was completely just going into the universe for the first time. I've never played the games before. So I was thoroughly entertained, I, I did did enjoy it, I thought the artwork was pretty cool and, uh, you know, I really can't complain too much. I'm not going to give it the highest rating, but yeah, I'd say it's a good 4. So I, I, I definitely recommend it. So borrow from a friend and don't return unless offered Pocky, or... Yeah. For today's episode, unless you you're offered strawberry licorice from Australia. Yeah, from Australia, that's important. It's pretty good licorice. That's what's been cracking in the back of the episode. We got a bag of it. Can I get one? Yeah, grab it. I think there's like two left, maybe. I don't know. We will we will see. So yeah, so I liked it. So story was good. To yeah, I did like it. I liked it a lot. Yeah, sounds like you really enjoyed it. And I think the reason why I give this the four is because I liked it, having never played the games. I can only imagine that if you've played the games and you're already familiar and you like this universe, going into reading this, you'd like this even more. And that's why, I know that because when, when I did the Mega Man review, I really liked Mega Man going into it, so it was just added on top of it. So, that's... I know what it would be like if you read, if you liked the universe already and then read it. Yeah, so, so that, that'd be like orgasm or ice cream. I don't know or about something. orgasm, but, you know. It's pretty cool and it has a lot of things. Sounds yeah. like we're checking out. Yeah. Uh, so, I think that's it for episode 98. Well, next episode's 99. 99! I remember back in episode 1, we didn't have a microphone. We had to use nope. two cans together talking. In the beginning of episode 99, we should sing 99 bottles of beer on the wall and actually really drink the beer. No, 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 no. Get really drunk. The last episode we did drunk was not pretty. No. <laughs> that was the St. Patrick's Day episode last year. I remembers that opening. <laughs> well, anyway, either way. Right. Either way. Yeah. So, you can check us out at http colon slash spirekin.podbean.com. You can email me at spirekin at gmail.com or check me out on Twitter under spirekin for any updated news, information, rants, raves, my complete thoughts about the new Doctor Who, which, Matt Smith, you let me down episode two. Hopefully you get a little bit better. And also my whole pledge for Heroes to come back, even though Chuck fucking got won that whole competition. If Chuck gets renewed and Heroes doesn't, I'm going to be very unhappy. Uh, I hate Chuck. My mom loves Chuck, but I've I I've never hate. seen Chuck. Not a fan of it. Oh, okay. Heroes, I'm a fan of, even though not Five was meh. But I only saw half of Five. I don't know. We're getting off topic. Yeah. yeah. So you can also play me on Xbox Live on Zanspace Spyrokin. And also remember, our contest for the design a logo for the Spyrokin manga review is still up. Ends April 23rd. You can email me a JPEG file at spyrokin at gmail.com. Remember, it's got to be 300 by 300 for the logo. And for the banner, it can be any size you want as long as it looks damn good. <laughs> so, I think that's it. Oh, wait. I forgot. How so, did you forget? 
I can't forget for that time. For what are we talking about? We're talking about the one, the only, the wheel. Yes, friends, the wheel of manga. Except on some now, what is the wheel of manga? Was it forged by a crazy man who drank liquor all day? Perhaps. Was it fall? Was it created simply by some crazy man who worked at Hasbro, or was it ma made by some lazy bum who said, "I'll just paint some pictures and that'll be it"? Who knows? But what it is, it's a wheel of fortune with ten slots on it. What I've done is I've assigned ten different manga to each of the slots. And what we're going to do is we're going to spin the Wheel of Manga, and whatever number it lands on, that's what is going to be reviewed for episode 99. The big 99. Almost 100. Such as 99 red balloons, 99 red baboons, 99 yellow bananas, or even 99 bottles of beer on the wall. So, spin the Wheel of Manga, and let's see what it's going to be, Cal. I go first. Okay, let's yeah. spin. All right. Go. All right. Nice spin. Number nine. So, Ooh. you're going to be reviewing Legend of Zelda Phantom Hourglass. Alright. Which was an uh, okay game. I actually played that recently. It was an okay game. I personally wasn't a fan of it, but... Eh, well, I liked it. Ah, and I will be reviewing Legend of Zelda Triforce of the Gods, which is a remake of Link to the Past. Holy shit. I think you got the better one. Uh, it, it's not the one from Nintendo though, from Nintendo Power, which was an awesome comic. This is something we uh, read before. So I don't know. I mean, personally, I was hoping for Resident Evil. I really was, because, because <laughs> yes, we had a bunch of things on there. I was surprised that both of the Zeldas that were on the list actually made it on there. Because I mean, we had Persona, we had Resident Evil, we had Super Mario on here. Metroid's but, on there. But why? Well, it doesn't matter because Zelda is an awesome universe. And we'll get into that in the next episode of the Spark and Mong Review. So, without further ado, as usual, thank you for listening. It's always a pleasure to have you guys downloading and listening. It's really cool. I appreciate it, and it's always fun to do this, right? Yeah, I, I have a blast every time I do it. So, guess that's it. So, I'm your host, Zan. I'm Cal. And we are Gonesville. See you later.